Welcome to the Late Night Race Review. Verstappen equals Vettel's record of nine wins in a row. Alonso's back, baby! Mercedes and Ferrari, how very Thelma and Louise of you. It's the Dutch Grand Prix. Don't forget to support the podcast by hitting those like, follow and subscribe buttons. Welcome back, everyone, to the Late Night Race Review. I'm Dave Jericho, and with me, as always, is the trusty Isidro Gonzalez. And we are once again without Owen Scott. So everyone, feel free to get into the comments and berate Owen Scott for, once again, not joining us. But he missed out on uh, what I'd say was actually a pretty decent uh, pretty decent race this weekend, which is uh, which is sort of unusual given the season that we've had. We've uh, had nothing but moaning to, to to say about kind of the season that we've had so far. Um, what did you think? I suppose, let me say, yeah, what, what do you think of the race so far? And then we'll start breaking down the, 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 the key components. <laughs> I think it was a good race after the, after the silly season. Not so silly. Uh, it was what we were expecting. Uh, Max winning once again and Ferrari messing up. And the surprise was Aston Martin, I have to say. That yeah, yeah. and the Williams team. Overall in the weekend, I think they did well. Yeah, well, okay. Well, let's we'll get into some of the t- these teams now, I think. Like, and you're right, the silly season was... Uh, I mean, what came out of the silly season? We really had... I think we heard about Carlos Sainz and, uh, in negotiations with a, for a new contract. And that was really about it, wasn't it? It's a couple of couple of kind of mad things that were never going to turn out but there wasn't really usually every season we see some mental stuff coming out and there wasn't anything this year yeah especially last year last year was it was very entertaining oh it was chaos yeah <laughs> well, that, well last year was the P- oscar piastri stuff yeah. as well wasn't it yeah yeah all right well we'd uh we well we'd uh not rain just a rain soak race it was a a mixture of rain and dry and uh, and we, which made it quite entertaining for us. And what I want to ask you about before we kind of get into individual kind of races and or sorry, individual driver races and teams and stuff like that is what did you make at the second? So that we had the second sort of dose of rain that came in, which brought out the red flag. And I'm kind of just wondering, initially, when I saw the red flag come out, I was like, oh, geez, red flag, just as water on the track. As soon as they see water, it's a red flag. And I was just wondering kind of, what, do you think that was actually sort of just more a combination of Joe's car buried into the corner of turn one accompanied by the rain that they decided a full safety car still wasn't necessarily safe enough to sort of uh, clear the wreckage? Or do you think had Joe not crashed, were they going to bring out the red flag anyway? No, I think the, the crash was what uh, triggered the, the red flag. If everyone kept going and switched to wet tires. Like, Ocon was the only one thinking, Jesus, it's raining, I'm the only one wet tires, what's wrong with you guys? I think if everyone went wet tires, we should have just a normal race without needing to have safety car or interrupting the race. Do you think? I had a feeling that, that I just, I just, I got, given the amount of water that was on the track, I kind of got a feeling that they were going to, regardless of whether Joe crashed or not i just had a feeling they were going to go for a red flag because a lot of drivers were still trying to persevere with those inters and it was getting a bit dangerous they were skidding off kind of quite uh with some frequency so and i just so i just had this i just had a feeling even if joe hadn't crashed out 
that they would have still probably brought out that red flag. Um, I, think that, I think that's the problem. The wet tires are there to be used. And today was just, I mean, I know the drivers don't want to go to the pit lane and replace the tires, but today was the occasion that wet tires were really needed. I mean, it's just, uh, it's crazy that the wet tires are there today. It's raining. Oh, let's stop this and wait for a dry track. Mm. It's nonsense. And what do what does Formula One do now going forward for the wet weather and stuff like that? Do they start chasing the chasing the sun with the calendar? You know, basically planning out the calendar as best as possible to kind of go to countries where you know, sort of, I suppose historically they don't get rain in those months that they're going to be landing there for the Formula One, or are they going to look at the sort of the um, you know the the sort of the the guards or mods to the to the cars to prevent the spray, which kind of looked. The, the stuff that I saw looked a bit ridiculous. It looked like mud flaps on a bicycle. I, I think they, if if they want to do that, then they can just rid of the wet tires because they've never been used. If they want to start planning ahead and see which countries have have less rainfall over the year and just start planning around that. Yeah. But I think it's crazy. If they have the wet tires, just use it. Today was that the problem was there was only one guy on, on track with the wet tires. If the 19 drivers had wet tires, the the race would keep going, and there there will be much less water in the track. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I think I agree with that as well. Um, all right, well, let's jump into the race a little bit more. Uh, obviously, just for those who weren't aware or you know are only catching up now, Liam Lawson obviously stepped in for Daniel Ricciardo after he had the incident in uh, PFP2 um, on uh, Friday and broke his hand, and I think the the sort of current word is that he may have to undergo a little bit of surgery just to correct um, correct the injury. So hopefully he's back soon because we were all looking forward to seeing what he could maybe deliver this season. Um, something tells me, given the Alpha Tower, he's probably not going to be delivering much more than Liam Lawson did. But anyway, we'll, we will wait and see. Chance are he's probably not going to be back for Monza either. We're probably going to see him back probably a little later than that. Um, anyway, that is... Uh, that's the news as we know it. <laughs> so Max Verstappen, again, the winner, uh, like, you know, like a broken record. But he equals Vettel's nine wins in a row, going for 10 now, which will be uh, which will be setting, setting new records altogether. Uh, I mean, what do we think of his race today? I mean, he definitely he definitely dominated. I mean, we saw after the first pit stop series of pit stops with the the first downfall of rain he was p13 and you know uh and and sort of easily sort of made his way back up to p1 uh obviously then he had the second restart and he kind of you know maybe he was put under a little bit of pressure from alonso and i think alonso maybe cheekily in his uh post race interview said that he sort of gave up the position or something i think he didn't want to maybe you know end up sort of wiping out and losing any chance of a podium and i'll be honest i don't know whether that was the case i think maybe he deep down knew that you know there was only so long he was going to be able to challenge for but uh what what did you make of max's win was it all dominating uh the all conquering max verstappen or was there any uh, any wavering in that uh, dominance today that any weaknesses start showing in any way I think uh, he dominated, but not as easily as he did on the past races. I think for the past couple of weekends, he's not as comfortable. Uh, he, he still wins, but not as a big 
difference as there was a big gap as it used to. And today was, well, today was a bit different. In fact, the rain kind of messed up all the plans. But the and fact that it took him 13 laps to get to, to lead the race, uh, it says something that is not, it will not be an easy end of the season for him. But uh, I don't think he cares about that. He already won the championship. And in, do you think that's, theory. but do you think that's sort of part and parcel of it then that he has won? Yeah, like you say, in theory, we, look, we all know he's going to win the world championship this year. But do you think he sort of knows that, and he sort of um, he's he's taking his foot off the the pedal as it as it were, but not um, not out of um, confidence or laziness or anything like that, but sort of knows he has this in the bag and he doesn't need to push it as hard. He knows. Sort of, you know, at eighty percent of his ability, he can still win a race and doesn't have to be all. You know, it doesn't have to be going one hundred percent all the time because he can still win a race at eighty or ninety percent. Do you think I he's think, taking his foot off the gas a bit there? Yeah, I. If I wasn't his position, I would prefer just uh, keep breaking the records and just finishing the races and just lead with a comfortable enough advantage. To get to the to get the podium every single time, but right now I don't think there's a need for him to just push the car over and over in each mm. race. Yeah, it's I agree. Just easier to keep going, break record after record, and because there's no there's no competition, so you can just cruise every weekend and not take foolish mistakes. And like you say, he'd be breaking record after record, and he's going to keep breaking records even if he is only competing at eighty percent. Uh, if he does have his foot off the off the gas, just I mean, I don't think there's going to be any any doubt in that. And I think, you know, I I think when we get to Monza, we're going to see him get that ten in a row, short of something kind of out of the ordinary happening at Monza. Um, I don't see anybody uh, competing with him there. And in terms of someone that that you would assume would compete with him, it would be his teammate in that sort of, uh, in, in that sister car, in, in, or not in the sister car, but in his, uh, in that, the other car uh, for Red Bull. And like Perez, for me, I mean, not quite a recovery drive. And I know I think we have slightly differing opinions on how Perez performed this weekend, but not, not quite a recovery drive. But for me, like, you know, he started P7, which I don't think was a very great starting position for that car. Uh, I think he definitely should have been higher up on the grid, even, you know, maybe another another row up. But I mean, like when Max Verstappen came out after the first stops, he was P13. Perez was already pushing up to, P, to, to P1 to lead the race. Um, both of them were out on inters at that stage when Perez was leading the race. Max easily cruised up, catching him by seconds per lap on the same set of tires. Um, and then you've got then Perez finishing P4, granted with a five-second penalty. Um, so without that, uh, possibly would have ended up uh, P2. But finished, uh, you know, that again, that five-second penalty, again, was his mistake of speeding in the pit lane. And he just seems to be full of these mistakes from qualifying to, you know, ha happening in the race here. And... And I'm going to just keep going on before I ask you a question, just to to drive home my concern with Perez. Even when it came to the pit stops today, 
and Perez complained about Verstappen being brought in first and giving him the undercut on Perez. And Perez then realizing he's lost track position after his pit stop. He's like, you know, Verstappen had obviously overtaken him or with or you know got the undercut on him. That shows me that, or that says to me as a spectator that the Red Bull team have more confidence in Max Verstappen bringing the race win home than they did or would with Sergio Perez. Uh, and hence, obviously, gave him the favorable strategy or gave him the early calls. Um, and clearly, obviously, there's a there's a number one and number two driver there. So let's start. I know I, I, I've unpacked a lot there, but I just wanted to sort of drive home my concerns with Perez. So let's start. with uh, What did you make first of his race today before we kind of go on to the rest of it? I think Perez was doing... Uh... A good race until that uh, until the red flag, and he pit for tires, and then he just got stuck at the end of the pit lane, and I think that what mess up his, uh, I don't know, maybe his uh, state of mind, his confidence, because after that it was just uh, a nightmare for him. He just dropped and finished four, and I think that was. But until then, I think he was doing okay. Not a race to be a winner, but enough to get the podium. And uh, the fact that Max went first while Perez was a race leader, Max went to the change the tires first before Perez. And that was a Red Bull decision. Not even Max asking first, but it was Red Bull itself saying Max goes first and then. But does Perez that show you the confidence, Joseph. though? That that's That's. Yeah. And that kind of proves what you're saying. Even Red Bull knows that Paris doesn't have what it needs to to get to the end, get the first place. Which He's is maybe good enough to get the podium, but not good enough to get the points to be the first place. And, and you... that shows in these decisions. Hmm. No, I... Max over Paris all the time. And completely, I think as well. That and that's uh, ex and and that's sort of exactly what I'm saying. Like and. Good enough to get the podium isn't necessarily good enough for Red Bull and definitely not good enough for Helmut Marco. And we thought after his sort of poor sort of performances, after he got those early kind of race wins uh, early in the se season and then just went on that series of poor qualifying, we kind of thought, you know, this guy's going to step it up now. We're going to start seeing sort of what we saw before where he was battling sort of more regularly with the, for race wins and, and putting Max under a little bit more pressure. But... I don't know whether it's Max has stepped up his game to such a level um, and Perez has sort of stepped back ever so slightly or Max was always as good as he is and Perez has just dropped off the boil to, to such a degree that it, we're seeing kind of like that, the, the, the team not having the confidence to say, do you know what, we're, he's, he's leading the race, we're going to give him the favourable strategy um, and, you know, and and that's it. There's there's no need to have team orders at that stage. Um, yeah, I I think. Do you think he's going to recover now for the rest of say maybe Monza? What do you expect from him in Monza? Given that you know it's it's not too many corners on there for him to mess up on. <laughs> yeah, I think his confidence levels are very low at the moment. Uh, confidence lack lack of confidence in himself in the team. Uh, so I'm not sure he's he'll be able to perform as he did in the beginning of the season that he was getting fighting with Max getting uh, the first position second position 
was there getting points, but now I think it's confidence. And today, the fact that the team decided, that, look, you are not getting anything out of this race this weekend. You're going to give it to Max. That doesn't help either. So um, I'm not confident that Paris will be doing better until the end of the race, until the end of the season. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, unfortunately, I, I, I would see it the same. I would see it the same. But look, he P four. I mean, he, he's got the points. I mean, I just quickly want to check actually where does that leave? Let me just quickly go to the um, the driver standings here. Give me a quick second here. I just want to see where that leaves everybody. So I mean, it's still. I mean, that's putting him. He's still just shy. Was he thirty? Do 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 do. Let me see. What is he? 34, 33 points ahead of Alonso. I I'll be sure. And so actually, that that, that that's actually a nice segue actually for me. So so he's thirty three points ahead of Alonso. And let's jump on to Aston Martin there because that's a team that sort of dropped off quite considerably when the upgrades came in. Um. We'll get to Lance Stroll. Obviously, not both drivers are are at the at their peak of their powers at the moment. But Fernando Alonso is. He's able to deliver in that car. Whatever that car can give, he will squeeze it out of it. Uh, started P5, had a pretty strong race all the way through. Uh, fin- finished P2. Um, probably maybe didn't make the right call, maybe waiting the extra lap before he, they came into the pit stops, but they recovered fine. And like I said... Got got that P two, which fantastic bounce back for Aston Martin. What do you think? Like, I mean, that from where they were, you know, that sort of started to drift into no man's land. Looked like, say, the Mercedes and and McLaren had overtaken them in the development side of things to be to to finish in P two and having a reasonably strong qualifying as well. Yeah, it seems that the break uh, the break was very good for Aston Martin. They were able to learn a few things. I hope, and today Alonso was able to show that. The car might be back to the same levels that it was um, at the beginning, but uh, I, I'm not sure this weekend was enough to to show the improvements on the Aston Martin. Alonso did great considering everything, uh, the the rain, the the accidents, everything. Uh, Alonso was was very good. The P2 is well deserved for him, and it shows that the Aston Martin is probably back there again, fighting for the second place in the constructors and you're right you were saying there that you, you're not 100 convinced though whether like they're they're fully there like i mean you're like you said you're there they're, they're they're possibly there to get that p2 in the constructors but you're right i suppose we have to keep in mind as well that the conditions this weekend especially on the race conditions are very much favored by alonso these are conditions he very much enjoys he enjoys the 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 variation in a race he like he's, he's very confident in the wet very uh very much understands his car and how far he can push it so um so we have to i suppose take that with a little bit of pinch of salt but then again there is drivers that were behind him who are also experts in in the wet you had lando norris you've uh lewis hamilton all these drivers are phenomenal in in wet conditions as well so um yeah, hopefully, like, like it would be great to see Aston Martin um, again back competing regularly for the podiums. But we're talking about that now, com- competing regularly for the podiums from for for uh, Fernando Alonso. But Lance Stroll, I mean, he was pretty much non-existent this weekend. 
we know he had some sort of uh, some sort of an illness. Um, turns out some some sort of an infection. What that was or what that entails or how ill he was, we don't know. But do you think that in any way sort of lended to his performance this weekend, or do you think this is sort of the level that we can expect from Lance Stroll now for the remainder of the season? I think you're very nice to say he was invisible this weekend. For me, Stroll has been invisible almost the whole of the season. Yeah. If Aston Martin is fighting for the second place in the constructors, that's thanks to Alonso. Stroll has barely made a solid contribution to, to those points. If if Stroll wants to make an effort and a contribution to the team, he should just rest for three or four weekends and let Dugovic <laughs> race and see where it goes because I don't think Stroll is doing any, any favors do, driving every weekend like he is at the moment. And if he, is, if he is in pain, if he has health issues, the smart decision would be, look, I'm not well, I'm not 100%, I'm damaging the team, I'll just leave for a race month. or two race or whatever, yeah. Yeah. And then come back. I'll, that would show more maturity and respect for the team. Say to be the bigger man. Say, look, I'm not good. I need to rest. I need to just take uh, take two or three weekends off. Get the get my health back there, and then go back because doing what he's doing right now is not is not helping anyone. Agreed. And I'd be wondering as well, like I mean, if. Alonso is constantly kind of getting those podium positions and Lance Stroll is struggling to get inside the top 10. Um, you know, I, I, it'll be a tough decision for Lawrence and the rest of the team to make um, as to what his position will be next year. Do you give him another year to see if that recovers or, you know, do, do you maybe bump him down to a reserve driver for a year uh, and give, uh, give one of the other guys a, a, a shout? But yeah, it's, uh, this seems to be a fairly consistent theme for Lance Stroll this season. I think that all the teams when they face these sort of decisions they should ask themselves what uh, Marco would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we know what situation. he'd say. <laughs> he would have been gone in the summer break. He wouldn't have even made it back after the summer break. Yeah, I think that uh, teams should start doing that. What Helmut Marco would say about <laughs> this. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, I mean, that's... Uh, I suppose we must. Do you know? I don't actually have in my notes, but I we have to touch on them because they he, he finished P three. Pierre Gasly, the Alpines, uh, both drivers in the top ten. Pierre Gasly, uh, P three, had a great drive. Had some great battles with Carlos Sainz. Uh, really aggressive. Um, like we we I can I think we always knew Pierre Gasly was a good driver. I mean he was good in Alpha Tauri. He won I think didn't he won he won Monza I think it was for Alpha Tauri, wasn't it? Yeah. Um and you know we know he has that that ability and uh, today yeah I just I just think under the conditions it would be very easily for for you know to come sort of you know P10 P9 and say he had a good race but P3 what do you make of it? I thought I thought he had a fantastic race today. Yeah, I think Gasly had the like I said a fantastic race. He he started from P12 and ended up in the podium with the uh, with him with rain and uh, everything in between and still managed to finish uh, third today. 
and like I said, he's a very aggressive driver, and it it shows on the track, and it was a well-deserved victory for him at the podium in all these conditions. And what about his teammate, uh, Ocon? Um, I mean, sort of, uh, sort of stay, stay sort of. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was sort of mid, mid, mid pack all, all race. Uh, I mean, it again didn't set the didn't set the race alight, but I mean, it was consistent. He finished. I think he finished P10. I think he got some. Yep. You know, picked up the the trailing points for the team. Um, you know, it was consistent. Didn't make any mistakes. Um, yeah, any Ocon did a, a solid race. Not not nothing to nothing to show about. I mean, he got the P10 almost in the last in the last uh, in the last laps. Yeah, because most of the time he was just up and down, up and down, and the fact that he started on P16 didn't help either. But again, Gasly was just four places above, and he got the podium. So overall, I think it was a very good weekend for the Alpine. Yeah, I think so as well. I think so as well. But for a team that it wasn't a great weekend for, and it doesn't seem, I, I'll be honest, I can't even remember when we last said it was a good weekend for them, uh, is Ferrari, um, which I suppose is contradicting in itself because obviously um, Carlos Sainz finished P5, um, yep, I think it was. Five. And uh, who do I start with? Uh, Leclerc? Or, I suppose Carlos Sainz finished the race, so let's start with Carlos Sainz. Um I think it it was strange. He had a he had a great race. I expected. I it just felt like there was more to give from that Ferrari. Like I just I at times you were seeing that he 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 was gaining on positions. Then he was under pressure. Then he was you know he was in a couple of good battles with Gasly. He was under you know he did some fantastic defending against uh, Lewis Hamilton in the later laps as well to hold on to that P five because. I'll be honest, I think Hamilton, had he been a little bit more ballsier, would have taken that position. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I don't know whether they're, the confidence is there. He's just not ringing enough out of it. You know, you know when you look at someone like Albon in the Williams and you kind of, you see he's, he you know, he's, ext- or, or uh, Alonso in the Aston Martin. They're drivers that are extracting every last drop from their car. And Carlos Sainz, I just don't feel that that he. I think he has the potential. I think he's definitely a driver they should hold on to. But I just don't feel like he's maybe quite got that confidence to to ring the neck of the car to get the extra position. I think it. Uh, he doesn't have the confidence in the car and the confidence in the team the way that uh, Alonso has in Aston Martin and Albon has in Williams. I mean, if you don't trust your team, if you don't trust your car. You're always afraid if I push now, will the car break? Will the wheel pop out? Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you never know. You don't, will you the don't pit lane the implode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... just lack of confidence, and that shows on the track that the car might, the car might might give more, but he's just afraid. What's going to do if I just push this car? Will I finish the race, or the, or to be a DNF for me? Yeah, so it's I true. Lack of confidence, but I think. Uh, I think he's a he, and we said this. I think we said this last season, and we certainly said it at the start of this season that when we were talking about who was the number one driver and who was the number two driver at Ferrari, we were always kind of under the, we were initially under the illusion that it was Leclerc and then Carlos Sainz. But there was a there was a moment um, 
I'm trying to think, was it last season? Towards the latter half, the later half of last season, I can't quite recall which race it was. And I remember us talking on the podcast where we felt that there was that shift happening, that we felt that Carlos Sainz was actually the more stable, the more sort of, uh, now don't get me wrong, he has his moments and he has his uh, kind of flare ups and stuff. But it does, it is starting to strike me that Carlos Sainz is the one that Ferrari want to hold on to at all costs, which given the sort of the, the rumors that are coming out that they're in negotiations for a new contract with him um, would make sense. What do you think? I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Ferrari wants to hold to Sainz, but I don't think Sainz wants to say in Ferrari because if he doesn't trust the team, if he doesn't trust the car, he's very saying, true. what I'm doing here. I need to be in the team that I can trust a team that has a car that I can trust and I know I can push much more of the car yeah. knowing that nothing bad will happen. And he hasn't so, had stability since he's been at Ferrari. Like there's been no stability at that team uh, between kind of, you know, rifling through team principles between, you know, the, the pit walls changing the, um, the car going through reliability issues, performance issues. Like he's never had a car, where he's had a straight run at being able to compete and have, like you say, have confidence in it. Um, so I wonder, and I mean, I, I, like I know we're sort of rolling in silly season into our review here, but I mean, I, I wonder where he goes. Like if he doesn't stay with Ferrari, I mean, there's not much open other than possibly Perez's seat at Red Bull. But I mean, that would be a difficult one to prize a Ferrari driver away from Ferrari to go to Red Bull, that 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 would be an absolute earth-shaking transfer, that would be. Yeah, that not an easy transfer, but uh, for us, for the fans, it would be great to see Max Verstappen account signs every weekend, just getting P1, P2 for sure. Yeah. Because the signs would be confident in that car and most likely in that team if they prove that they... He's part of the team and he can trust. And Perez in Ferrari, I'm not sure. And so, and then let's, uh, we, we'll briefly just touch on Leclerc. Like, and, and I mean, he, I, I just feel his time at Ferrari is sort of, um, I won't say his, his days are numbered. That's, that's a bit dramatic. Like, but I just, I, I, I just think he's, uh, Less focused than Car- Carlos Sainz, yeah, obviously is frustrated with what's going on at the team and stuff like that. Whereas Leclerc is, it it seems to be coming out more in his performances and and his attitude. And I think just even as well today with the that that's kind of whole pit stop sort of debacle with the first pit first pit stops under the rain conditions, and sort of the team wanted him to stay out, and he had already turned, even though the team had told him to stay out. Before the he before he had come round to the pit entry, he pulled into the pit entry anyway, and then told them on the radio that he was coming in. Whilst he had just while he was already sort of entering the pit lane, um, I mean that just like that's absolute. That that's Matt, you can't do that. Like I mean, both are wrong. Like both uh, like. If he had stayed out, it was the wrong decision from Ferrari to keep him out. I mean, it was the right decision to come in, but the problem was. He ne- nobody actually knew he was coming in, and as a result, we saw the fumbling of you know of of Ferrari mechanics looking for wheels, and uh, and you know <laughs> I saw one of them coming out with holding the wheel in the wrong way, had to turn it around to get it on the car, and you're like, oh my days, they are absolute 
disasters like um and i just i don't know ultimately i i just don't feel there's a long term future like this i don't think this is going to continue on for too much longer with leclerc i don't think he's he's too emotional i think he will want to meet he's kind of like almost like daniel ricardo will happily bounce to the next team even though like sebastian vettel it was the dream to win titles or win races with ferrari ultimately i'd say if there's a opportunity maybe in that aston martin maybe maybe in lance stroll seat or something like that or maybe if alonso retires maybe if uh, aston martin become i mean at the moment aston martin are more competitive from ferrari so who knows maybe that's a position for him to to go to and get away from um what looks like just a toxic environment it just it just reminds me of when vettel was there it just, you know, there was no love between driver and and team, and uh, yeah, I know, I'm kind of rambling here, but that's uh, what 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 did you think of his day t- today? I mean, obviously, it was a DNF at the end. Um, yeah, what what what's your take on it? Yeah, there's definitely some some issues with the team. The fact that the communication between Leclerc and the team was just as late as. He's driving down the pit lane at 60 kilometers per hour and he's saying, look, I'm coming and I want inter tires. And now everyone in Ferrari is just headless chicken running around trying to find out where yeah. where are the tires. We have four tires even because we know they can count. So it, <laughs> well. it was <laughs> it was it it was messy. And I think it that shows that Leclerc it's not it's not happy. I mean communication between the team and the driver should be always clear and today it was proved that's not the case Ferrari Ferrari and Leclerc are definitely not not talking today it proved that point I mean who who gets a driver into the pit lane without knowing what tires are waiting for him and the fact that then he had the floor damage and it took the team almost rest of the the rest of the race to figure out that there was something wrong with the car i mean they should they should know that the car was there was an issue and just retire rather than let the man just drive around losing positions <laughs> over and over and over until oh just just retire we know that you're not going anywhere yeah exactly so we're jumping then now from one team that's sort of uh <laughs> sort of shit the bed to another uh mercedes oh dear where do we start here i mean i think if there's a team that sort of created their own downfall today i think it was mercedes um like i mean lewis hamilton had a poor performance i think his qualifying position was due to being impeded by yuki Tsunoda. i can't quite remember i remember there was some issue about that but yeah, uh, that was position because of that. that so that was the reason for uh hamilton ended up p13 was it yeah Okay, so all right, well, that's uh, that clears that up. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you <laughs> next time. Um, but I mean, I think uh, he he had a lot of work to do, Lewis, and um, but I think he did a good drive. I think, uh, again, I, we talked about it when we were talking about Carlos Sainz. I think maybe he could have been a bit ballsier on the uh, on his attack to Carlos Sainz, but I suppose at that moment, do you really want to risk like you've got P6 or P5? Do you really want to risk? the position um 
is it really worth that much to you where it could easily wipe both of you out? Um, was what did you think about? We'll we'll start with um, I suppose the driver that kind of sort of came away with the better result today, Lewis Hamilton. What did you think of his drive today? Could he have done better? Could he have done worse? Did was he hindered by his team? I, I think it was a bit of everything. It was the weather wasn't good. He wasn't he wasn't feel happy with the car. And considering everything, I think he was just driving just enough to get the points, try not to uh, try to get more than than he can get. I mean, good fight signs to get two or three more points, mm. but that could end up him getting the grass, hitting the barriers. And I think it's it's safer just to get the P6 than try to get the P5 end up in the barriers. And yeah. then there's no points for anyone because Russell was just invisible, not not what he was expecting for sure. Well, and and on Russell there, I mean, it was it was an interesting one because I mean he started on P three, I think it was today, wasn't it? Yeah, P three because the album was P four, so P three start on the grid, and I think we talked about this before. And I, I, if any, actually, here's a question: if anybody knows what happened to George Russell, um, because I think we both missed something here in the race, so. But he came in for his pit stops. He was, I think he was P2, P3 when he came in for his pit stop. And then when he came back out again, he was 58 seconds back. And during that pit stop, Sky or the race director decided to show um, the race restarts, Leclerc's poor pit stop, Sonoda's poor pit stop. And then magically, George Russell came out in P18. So I was just wondering if anybody has any information on that, put it into the comments on YouTube and let us know. Um, but that being said, I mean, he was up against it. I mean, once he, once he came out in P18, I think we knew his race was over. I mean, he came out on the radio. He was expecting a podium today. He was expecting probably even to challenge maybe at the, at the top end with the weather that was coming, you know, with the rain weather. He's, he's great in the wet weather. So maybe he was thinking he could even challenge for a win, but... Jesus, what do you think happened to him today? Have you have you any uh, any uh, black ball kind of to look into there to see what the hell happened? It was just a bad luck. I think the 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 timing of the pit was not was not the best for him. He was doing great, and then he switched to hard tires, and that was the end of it. Then maybe halfway he was doing well. I mean, at the time there was. Hamilton and Russell, P6 and P7, I think. Mm. But then uh, Russell got the puncture, I believe. Yeah, on the restart. And, was, and I thought that he was going DNF, but actually he just went to pit lane, replaced, and, well, that didn't change the outcome. It still finished last. Well, uh, do you know, when you said about going with the hard tires, I actually thought, when I saw the hard tires going on first, I kind of thought, oh, Jesus, like, you know, but I was like, okay, they don't have much of a uh, an option here. He's P18. Where you know everybody, a lot of drivers out of position, so it wasn't going to be an easy grid to make his way through in any way. So you know, rolling the dice, it was sort of the last thing they could do: go with hard tires and see if he can get to the end of the race. It did look like it was starting to come back to him at one point. I think he was sort of up around the P seven, P eight, something like that. He had Albon and a few other drivers kind of catching him behind. Um, so yeah, it did start looking like it was coming to him, and then it sort of started tailing off. Then. Um, and then, of course, yeah, we had the the safety car then with Joe's crash in the rain. 
And then on the restart, then ended up with a puncture. And that was the end of it. But I think he was, uh, did he get a classified finish? I thought he actually, I, same as yourself, I yeah, thought he... he... classified finish, but uh, still last. Did he? Let me check. Yeah, he finished. Uh, he did P seventeen. Yeah, but I, honestly, that 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 shows where I was or where he was. I, I genuinely thought he'd retired. I thought he pulled into pit lane with the puncture, and I thought he ended up with additional damage. It wasn't just the puncture because I thought it was the the puncture he got was when he tangled with Lando Norris. Was it? Was that the where yeah. he got the puncture? So I assumed when he came in, I thought uh, that he because I think the commentators actually said he had you know that they were retiring the car. Um. Yeah, because uh, he said on the on the radio, "I'm out," and I thought, "Okay, he's gonna just." Uh... Yeah, well, that's what it was. It wasn't the commentary. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, it was over the team radio. He said he was out. So yeah, I just assumed, oh, maybe he had actually kind of got some floor damage or some suspension damage or something like that, or one of the wishbones or something. But either way, I think that's definitely a weekend to forget for Mercedes. Um, you know, oof, every weekend we're wondering when they're going to become consistent and start battling up the front but i think realistically we thought i think at the, like at the start of the season i thought it was going to be kind of towards the back end of the season they were because they were look like they were making progress we heard that famous line from toto wolf we now understand the car and we now understand our direction um, and i think the direction was to the skip and throw the car out um because i think we're not going to see anything from mercedes realistically in any way of a challenge until uh, next season so um that's uh, a bit unfortunate but um, before we wrap up, let's kind of just talk about a few honourable mentions here. Um, Liam Lawson has uh, sort of made his debut in place of Daniel Ricciardo today. Um, started P19, ended up P13 um, ahead of his ahead of his teammate Sonoda. I know what you're going to say there about why he finished ahead of his teammate Sonoda, but you can only. Uh, you can only get a result with uh, what's going on around you. So, um, but what do you think? I, I think that was a fairly solid. He didn't finish at the back of the grid. He didn't crash out, and that was really challenging conditions uh, to race in. Um, and he 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 did better than Logan Sargent did, who binned his car twice this weekend. So, what did you make of Liam Lawson? I think it was a very good uh, debut race for him, considering that he had to jump to the seat on what. Friday after the after the crash. Or well he got he would have got the news Friday and then Saturday morning he was straight in for FP three, wasn't he? Um yeah. So uh, not much time to get used to the car. The fact that he finished the race, finished uh respectable thirteen for the first time. There's uh it's all it's all very good for him. Yeah. Things are looking good. Not so good for Tsunoda, but uh it was a bad weekend for him. Yeah, I just don't think so. I'd ne- I never I never I never really thought Sonoda um, it just seems like he's reached his level or something like that. That's just sort of where he's at, and just I and I'm not much. I I don't really like the the Netflix show and stuff like that. But in it, there was that interview with him where he sort of was talking about how much he doesn't like training and all that type of stuff. And I don't know. A lot of these drivers sort of give everything to the to the sport, and you know, you get to know it. It seems to be very hard for him to do that. Um, but anyway. That's uh, we don't need to beat on Yugi Sonoda for no reason today. Uh, but our other honorable mention, uh, Alex Albon, uh, um, honorable mention because he started P4, um, obviously tail back due to the pit stops and stuff like that. Came out, uh, he decided to uh, sort of 
drive through the, <laughs> the, the the wet and decided that he was going to just, you know, plow on until the track dried up, um, which he did. And it started coming to me. I mean, he did 39, 40 laps easy on those soft tires. Um, and then, yeah, through, through another, um, I don't know what he ended up on then at the, towards the end, obviously probably inters, obviously everybody ended up on inters, but, um, but the point is he, uh, he recovered and I think he finished P8 today, was it? Yeah. P8. So I'll be honest. I mean, that was a great, like he could have easily just finished at the back of the grid today and, uh, P8 points finish. I think it was a great drive and, uh, and not just the honorable mention for the drive today, but I think just the qualifying P4, you know, sort of that, that matched his, uh, his sort of his personal best qualifying. Uh, what, what was your take on Alex Albon? Alex Albon, the tire whisperer. He did, he did great this, this weekend. The fact mm. that he was able to hold on to those soft tires as long as he could, it proves that uh, he knows the car very, very well. He knows what to do to keep the tires as long as he can. And it's a solid race. I mean, yeah. he started before, but I was not expecting the Williams to be able to to keep that position for too long. The start was not that good. Alonso was better position on the on the track, and Russell was there as well. Yeah. But overall, I think Albon did with the car that he has and his experience. I think it was very good. I'm expecting big things. Weekend. Yeah, I'm expecting big things from uh, from Albon in uh, at Monza next uh, next time out. Um, all right, our, our usual before we finish up, who was the loser of the day? Who was the driver of the day? Uh, I'll let you go first, Isidro. Who was your loser of the day? No, actually, let's go with the driver of the day first. Driver of the day for me will be Lawson. Really? Okay, that's not who I was yeah. expecting you to go with. Obviously, the official driver of the day was Alex. Uh, was uh, uh, Alonso. Um, so you're going with uh, Lawson as their driver of the day. Any yeah, uh, justification? Because it was his first race. He's not used to the car as, as well as the other 19 drivers on track. Mm. And yet he was able to sit down, go 72 laps and finish the race. I mean, yeah, Sargent wasn't able to do the same and he's been there since the beginning of the season so true yeah very true very true no i will absolutely i give you that I, I think he had a fantastic race and like you say to be able to finish finish ahead of his teammates in such tricky conditions um and under the circumstances i think it was great um my drive of the day i went with alex albon um i just thought it was uh he recovered well i think he got those soft tires uh to last a hell of a long time um and then finished with the points position where he could easily have folded and ended up well outside the points. So um yeah, I'm gonna give my drive of the day to Alex Albon. Uh loser of the day, Isidro. Who's your loser George of the Russell. day? Oh yes. Um, I mean, I don't think he we have started to started on the solid position. Second row of the grid, yeah. You were there in P three and you end up in P seventeen. So yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I'll be honest, I, I can jump straight in here. My, my uh, loser of the day was George Russell as well. However, I, uh, I I just put a little in brackets beside it. Honorary mention uh, as for loser of the day goes to Logan Sargent. Um, and that is purely because he binned it twice this weekend. Um, and I'd say Williams are ready to do a Haas on, uh, like, like Haas did with Mick Schumacher and say, you're costing us a fortune, time to leave. Um, so yeah, It was uh, funny that the commentator was saying that... Uh... Uh, Sergeant was sitting on the rain uh, 
like he was afraid of going to the mechanics after crashing the car twice in the same weekend. Exactly. He just didn't want to confront them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was uh, <laughs> that was that was uh, yeah that 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 was an expensive weekend for Williams. Um. All right. Well, look that that wraps up our review for the Dutch Grand Prix. Uh. So. Let us go on to the predictions game. I, I look, and I'll be honest, everyone. You know we have the F1 fantasy. Uh, there is absolutely no point in me trying to call out because you know if you listen each week that the, the results are never in by the time we're recording. So I will just publish the results um, when we publish the podcast up on our Instagram. So predictions game. Let me just get up the um, predictions. Okay. Oh, actually, I'm gonna. Do you know what? I'm gonna actually need the results of the race up here because there's a couple of here that I'm going to have to just double check. Uh, all right. All right. Okay, let's see here. So, uh, right, we'll go with me first. I had Verstappen P1. That was a given. Perez P2 came close, but no cigar. And Lando Norris P3 close, no cigar. Um, Scotty also went with Verstappen P1. Uh, Perez P2 that did not happen and Charles Leclerc P3 that was ambitious and did not, not happen uh, zero who I did you go with first yep Perez second yep and Piastri third Jesus well we all on did the McLaren train yeah we all did absolutely horrific there on the on, for our podium positions so uh, right so the the my Flop. Hang on a second. Let me just double check everything here. Yeah. yeah. So I went. Flop. Was that? No, I Your didn't. Flop. Yeah, it's. Uh, I went Piastri outside top ten, and he didn't. He finished inside the top ten, didn't he? Ninth. Piastri finished ninth. Yeah. Yeah. So goose egg there for me. Uh, Scotty's flop was Alonso outside the top ten. Another big flop there. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus. we we yeah, all did brutal. Did. Gasly DNF. That's another podium. <laughs> good Jesus. Okay. Good Lord. We were brutal this week. Okay. Surprises. Both Alpines inside the top ten. Way at least I got that. That was a big surprise. Yeah, uh, that was a that that should have I should have got a, the, the I should have put there the double points for that one. But uh, no. Although uh, it was close, Hawken was almost out of the top ten. Uh yeah yeah yeah. And he just he just squeaked <laughs> in all right. Um, all right, surprise from uh Scotty was Joe inside the top 10. No, that did not happen, Scotty. And a zero, Alvin, top 10, which, yeah, you got that as well. P8. So, we shared the points this week. (laughs) That is Scotty dropping down the table. Let's see now what's the the tables looking like. That's so, yeah, you gotta gotta start, just gotta start showing up here. So, that's uh, me on eight points. Zedro on seven points and Scotty now at the bottom of the table on six points. Looking grim, Scotty. Looking grim. All right. So we moved to Italy. We're at Monza now next time. Um, actually, is Monza, is it next week? Is it next weekend yeah, or do we have a week? Ooh, nice. Okay. Thought we had two weeks of a break. All right. Uh, does, uh, yeah, Scotty has his results in. Uh, so just ma- or not his results, his predictions in there. Via WhatsApp, the most reliable um, way of getting your predictions into us. Um, 
Okay, sorry, let me just bring up my predictions. Good Lord, I'm about as organized here as a fart in a bath. Um, okay. So, my top 10. Oh, God, I didn't put much thought into this by the looks of it. Okay, I went with, uh, well, Verstappen, P1. Uh, now, P2, I think I'm going to have to switch this around before I call it out. Yeah, I'm going to go Alonso, P2, and I'm going to go Hamilton, P3. I'll be honest, I'll call out what I originally had. I originally had Verstappen, P1, Lando Norris, P2, and Alonso, P3. But I just think that Nor that that uh, McLaren is still a bit draggy, isn't it? In a on a on the fast kind of straights and stuff like that. So I'm just thinking. I'll be honest. I actually before I when I actually originally started this, I was gonna get ballsy and put fucking Albon at P3. <laughs> I just I not be far of it. I, I can I can see Williams getting the podium, although it's not my prediction. Yeah. Well. So I'll do you want to call out Scotty's predictions or do you want me to do it? Yeah, I'll call right. Scotty. Okay. Scotty is Verstappen first. Verstappen P1, yeah. Norris second. Oh, okay. That's, uh, yeah, it was Norris I had originally second. Yeah. So, okay. He's on the same track of thought or train of thought I had. Oh, third. my God. Third. Oh, my God, Scotty. Based off today's race, I can see why he put Leclerc third. <laughs> okay uh who are you going with uh Isidro? uh first max verstappen no one's gonna chance not even. yeah no one's gonna chance not calling him p1 are they second alonso yeah and third norris norris yeah i did that's i might regret that i might regret not having norris in my my podium i was i was planning to put piastri like i did the my previous prediction, but I'm going with Norris. Yeah, I, I, I think that he could be on something there, but we'll see. Okay, I'm going with what's what's next? Our flop is next. Okay, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I don't know whether you're gonna give this. Well, you, I, you should give it to me. So I'm going with Ferraris, both Ferraris, right? But I'm going with, and I'm not calling which driver. So this is why I'm just wondering whether you're gonna give it to me or not. So I'm gonna go with one Ferrari with a DNF and one Ferrari outside the top ten. So basically, no points scored at their home circuit. Oh, yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know it's not it's not too far fetched <laughs> from reality. All right, who's Scotty gone with then for his uh, flop? Lewis Hamilton outside top ten. Hamilton outside top ten. All righty, and who have you gone with, Isidro? My flop is Yastri uh, outside top ten. Piastri outside top 10. Okay. It just makes sense because I'm saying Norris doing a podium, but Piastri will be far back. I'll be honest. Like, it's all just kind of throw something in the air and see what you can catch. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, there's not, other than the podium positions, the flop and surprises, sometimes there's not too much science behind, behind it. Um, all right. My surprise, though, uh, I'm going with Albon. And I'm going with P6. So, do I get any extra points if I caught if he if he gets that no. position, or is that just one point still? Because you need the position, otherwise. It was I did not... give the position P6. Yeah. So you don't get anything special for that. 
Do I not? What did we? What did we used to do then? We remember earlier oh, because, we said because Alpon is already inside the top ten. He finished P eight. So oh, yeah, to... yeah, yeah. Okay. But no, no. What, what, what were we doing? Do you remember it was previous races where we said, "Oh, if that comes off, there's you get double points for that." Do you remember? That was for DNF or crash or puncture. Oh, if you call call the reason for the yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. All right, never mind. Okay. Well, I've gone with the Albon P6 anyway. So, uh, do, 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 do. what was Scotty's surprise? Yuki, inside top 10. Oh, for God's sake. Is he even trying anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Yuki will be surprised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Moving on. What did you have for your surprise? My surprise is that it's also Albon inside top 10, but in the P7. P7. All righty. Well, someone's going to be either... Well, we're either both going to be wrong or one of us <laughs> is going to be right. <laughs> uh, all right, perfect. Um, I think that's it, is it? That That's... Uh, have I covered everything? Now that we don't have Scotty fucking in the hot seat, fucking running the show, I don't think I've missed yeah, anything so. today. I think that's it. Yeah, I think we're done. Um, all right, perfect. Well, uh, we will be back next week. God only knows whether Scotty's going to be here with us. Um, you know, that's... Uh, you guys listening will know just as much as we do whether he's going to be here or not. <laughs> but we will be back uh, for Monza next week. Ideally, we will be here with Scotty. And uh, so until then, hopefully we get another good race.